Welcome to the Faith and Money podcast, where we discuss the Bible's teaching on money, wealth, and generosity. Here at the Faith and Money podcast, we are passionate about helping our listeners to better love God and their neighbor with their money. The Bible speaks about money, wealth, and generosity over 2,000 times, and we here at Faith and Money are committed to helping our listeners exercise faith, joy, and contentment with the wealth entrusted to them by God. As always, your hosts are myself, Keith Conley, and my famous co-host, Crystal Wampler. Thank you for that wonderful introduction, Keith. Keith is the president and CEO of True Legacy Financial Planning, a financial advisory firm that serves clients who desire to receive biblical wisdom with their financial advice. Keith specializes in working with faith-based business owners, churches, and other nonprofits, ministers, and high net worth families of faith. His website is www.truelegacyfp.com. Crystal, myself, is the CEO and founder of Kinethics, a cannabis financial advisory solutions group based in Orange County, California. Crystal is the co-founder and co-host of the Crypto Cannabis Show, an international faith-based show that educates, grows, and inspires business owners within the five C's, Christ, cannabis, cyber, cybersecurity, cryptocurrency, and CPAs. Crystal also serves on the board of directors for the International Cannabis Business Women's Association, an association focused on helping women launch into the cannabis industry. Her website is www.canethics.com. So Crystal, uh, tax season has just ended. You know, hopefully all our listeners have turned in their tax forms or final an extension. Did you file your taxes yourself or, or did someone else do it for you? Actually, I filed an extension and I did it myself. Wow. Look at you. You know, a lot of my listeners and our listeners may be surprised to hear that we didn't always have an income tax in this property, in, in this country. You know, we never, we didn't always have this thing called the IRS. Uh, in the 16th Amendment, which was passed, I believe, during the um, Woodrow Wilson presidency, which was when uh, we, the country was allowed to start imposing an income tax on our country. Crystal, did you know that Actually, we had an income tax before that during the Civil War, but that it was uh, actually shot down by the Supreme Court. No, I did not know that. Yeah. So, you know, thousands and millions of, of uh, Americans have either already paid their taxes or maybe like you filed an extension and we're, we're sending money to the IRS so that we can uh, send money to other countries. Sounds good to you, doesn't it? Well, it is what it is. <laughs> so we love hearing from our listeners. You can reach us with your comments and questions at faithandmoneypodcast at gmail.com. So Keith, what dad jokes do you have for us today? Oh, Crystal, I have some doozies for you. You know, why don't skeletons fight each other? I don't know why. They don't have the guts. <laughs> okay, that's cute. That's cute. What do you think cross a snowman and a shark? What? Frostbite. 
Okay, I like that. Have you been stealing these jokes from other people? Because you've up-leveled your game a little bit. These are super cute. Well, chat GPT is a beautiful <laughs> thing. <laughs> oh, the truth has come out. I knew it. Chat GPT strikes again. <laughs> Speaking of taxes, today we welcome Renee Carlos, who is the president and founder of Summit Tax and Accounting Services. Welcome, Renee. Thank you. Glad to be here. Renee has nearly 20 years of experience in the accounting profession. He graduated from California State University Fullerton with a business administration degree with a concentration in accounting. He served as the treasurer of the Lisa Viejo Chamber of Commerce for six years. When he is not working, he likes to spend time with his family and at church. Renee, we're really excited to have you here today. You know, our listeners obviously can't see you, but I got to say, you're looking pretty good for tax season just ending. Do you have any uh, R&R planned for the next couple of weeks now that, you know, the normal tax season is over? Yeah, yeah. Usually take like a, a, a couple of weeks to wind down. I just not think about taxes for a little bit, hang out with my family, get back in the scriptures, although we're supposed to be in it every day. This time of the year is a little bit tough, but I try to supplement the, the word of God in my daily life. But yeah, I want to get back into to specific books in the Bible. And that's what I do for fun, too, is I, I like to I like to get uh, caught up on the scriptures after tax season. Nice. It's always fun, you know, when you and I get together, Renee, we talk business, but we probably talk about the Bible and the Lord more than we do business. So that's always been fun. So, yeah, yeah, it's always it's always a pleasure uh, uh, talking to other believers about uh, our our faith and finance. Yeah, faith and finances is so much fun. I I love it. Um, so it looks like you've survived the first tax season of the year. Tell us about your practice at Summit Tax and Accounting. Sure, uh, our our focus is small businesses, but we also work with uh, personal taxes as well. So our, our goal is to have our clients pay less taxes, keep more money. So, you know, it's really a simple phrase and, and, it, and it goes in different directions, but that's the key thing, right? The goal is to pay as little uh, taxes as possible and then take that money and invest it or save it or do whatever you want with it. You know, the, in terms of the finances, you know, in, in terms of investing, you always want to make wise decisions and have good counsel when it comes to keeping your money and investing in it. But in terms of the taxes, yeah, we, we specialize in small businesses. Uh, I primarily do corporate tax returns and that's where uh, the, the, the big savings are for, for small businesses. And then also too, we do personal taxes, the ones that go with the business owners. Um, and then we also just do personal returns in general, but the, 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 the goal is always the same is to, to pay less taxes and keep more money. Today, we will be discussing the different kinds of business entities, but I promise that this won't be a boring podcast. You know, maybe Renee will help me out with some dad jokes. Yeah, here's, a, here, yeah, here's a classic dad in accounting joke. Why was six afraid of seven? Why? Because seven, eight, nine. That is a terrible, great dad joke all in one. It's perfect timing, too, for accounting. So 
Entity selection may be an exciting topic for us in finance, for us finance nerds. I'm excited. But every, are you excited? Oh, I'm excited. Okay. Renee, are you excited? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is always fun stuff. Awesome. But for everyone else, mm, I promise you that we are going to have a lively discussion packed full of great information that will assist you whether you are in business full time or have a side business. You know, talking about business, business entities, I mean, it might be as exciting as watching paint dry, but the benefits of business formation ought to excite you. You know, today, lots of folks are setting up little side hustles and side businesses on top of their full-time vocation. And a lot of times those side hustles have uh, just kind of, they haven't done much planning. They haven't really thought about it. And then there are people who do have a full-time vocation who haven't taken the time to think about ways that they could save money on taxes. And I don't know about you, but I like the idea of saving money on taxes. That sounds exciting to me. More money in my pocket rather than going to uh, Kiev or, or Washington or, or some other places, right? Uh, so, you know, with these side hustles, you know, we have a lot of e-commerce, a lot of real estate, passive real estate. Uh, and so if, if you have any sort of business, whether it's full-time or part-time, you know, business entity selection is really an important topic. Uh, but before we get into that, you know, Renee, you are an enrolled agent, which I hear is different than being a secret agent. Do you happen to carry <laughs> a shiny badge or a gun? <laughs> No, it, as much as an enrolled agent sounds like they hunt down the bad guys and, you know, recover money, it's not, it's not as cool as that sounds, but in terms of saving money, I think it's, it's just as cool. Right. So you are a tax professional. How is an enrolled agent different than a CPA? Yeah, that's a good question. That's actually, I get that question quite a bit because I tell them what I am and they're like, Oh, do you work for the treasury? No, I don't work for the treasury. I'm actually the opposite. I consider myself like a tax warrior in a battle, right? So you're battling the IRS. So you need someone on your behalf to fight the battle for you. That's where an enrolled agent comes in. So an enrolled agent is very similar to a CPA in the tax world, but it's it's there's one big difference in terms of enrolled agent. Um, it's the highest designation you can get to, to do taxes. Uh, enrolled agents are considered America's tax experts, like, you know, according to the IRS and the National Association of Enrolled Agents. Uh, I can practice in all 50 states. So if, if any of you are, are moving from California or to like Texas, for example, although it doesn't have state income tax, still do federal taxes there. Same thing with the other states that have no income tax. So in terms of the, in the tax world, the enrolled agent is really strong in terms of not just like doing corporate taxes, personal taxes as well. That's kind of a major difference. Um, CPAs, in my professional opinion, working with them, because I work with them all the time, they're really good at like uh, audits, reviews, compilations, mergers, acquisitions, uh, you know, valuations, business valuations. So um, in, in terms of financial statements, a CPA will always be an EA, but I think in terms of the tax world overall, an enrolled agent is probably your, your best bet in terms of doing doing your taxes, a little bit more aggressive. They dig into the tax code a little bit more. Like I mentioned before, our goal is to uh, have you uh, pay less taxes and keep more money. Absolutely, thank you, Renee. So, you know, everyone 
knows at this point that that you are a professing Christian. How does your faith influence your tax and accounting business? Oh, it, it's it's a hundred percent faith based. So, um, in terms of the scripture, everything everything in in the scripture, there's a lot of uh, faith and finance within the scriptures. You just have to be, you know, if if you're a student of the Bible, you could go in there and look at passages like Deuteronomy eight, right? God gives us the ability to create wealth, um, and then in the Proverbs, right, it tells us to to you know walk in the ways of the Lord and not to, you know, lean on our own understanding, but God's understanding. And even in the New Testament, where it talks about, you know, managing money, you know, you can't serve two masters, right? You can only serve God in, in Matthew. So there's different ones. So every time I, I work with clients, I, I, I always have my faith hat on. But in terms of like, how can I uh, give uh, good counsel? How can I share my faith? And how can I, you know, uh, lock them together in terms of, of helping clients? So the, the faith is really important. Um, also, to just making good decisions, wise decisions in terms of, you know, ethics and, and being a professional and being able to to have trust with people. I think that's the biggest thing, not just in being a tax professional, but just in general, being an advisor. I consider myself an advisor more than anything because I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm on your team. I'm the right hand person in terms of the finances and taxes. So I'm going to give you my suggestion and if you don't like it that's okay you can make the decision at the end of the day but there are some things i will i will i will say you have to do like follow your taxes that's one thing but if it's like a, oh we, we wanted to go with this vendor instead of that vendor that's fine um i'm just giving you the option so having the ability to to work with the business owners side by side and co-laboring in their business and also in the faith also helps too uh, in terms of, of being a trusted advisor at the at the tax and accounting level right you know I know that, uh, oh, go ahead, Crystal. I just wanted to make a comment that, you know, it is so important to be able to trust your advisor. A lot of times you're working, you know, hand in hand and you can see so many different things. So you're almost like a therapist in a way as well. You know, all of their dirty secrets. As, and so being trusted advisor is super important. I'm glad you made that uh, comment, Renee. Go ahead, Keith. Yeah, I, I was just thinking that, you know, that Jesus obviously in the Bible says that we are required to pay our taxes. But something I've often said is that there's no virtue in paying more taxes than you should. And it is, you know, our tax professional job to help us pay the least amount of taxes possible, whether that's today um, or in the future. And, you know, a lot of times what I tell people is that, you know, Renee's job is to help people save taxes today. And, and part of my job is to help people save money on taxes tomorrow. Um, and so there's, there's this beautiful um, wedded relationship between the services that Renee offers and what I offer. We go hand in hand and we work together quite well. Um, so teamwork yeah. makes the dream work. Absolutely. <laughs> so what factors should an entrepreneur consider when choosing a business entity such as sole proprietorship, partnership, LLC, or corporation? Yeah. So usually, usually once you decide to do a business, it, it, I'll, I'll, I'll approach it in two different ways. If it's, if it's a side hustle, that's a little bit different than doing it full time. So if you do a side hustle, let's say uh, you work at a, at, in a W-2 job, and, and uh, one good track strategy for W-2 workers is having a side hustle or 
a side job. And that the most common ones are usually like Uber, uh, Instacart, Etsy, selling stuff online. So what you could do is you could create a sole proprietorship uh, right from the get-go and then uh, um, on the schedule C when you do your taxes eventually. But during the year, just keep track of it on a profit and losses, record your income, record your expenses, and then kind of track it as you go along to see if it's being profitable or not profitable. The, the key thing that the IRS looks at when you do your first year sole proprietorship is, is it for profit or is it a hobby, right? So if you have gigantic losses, they're going to go, well, do you have a profit motive? And that's the biggest thing. I mean, you can have a loss your first year. It's almost expected. But as long as you have a profit motive, you have records, you have everything to prove that, yes, I'm really trying to make money, then you should be okay. Um, in terms of just going full on out, let's just say, hey, I, I want to quit my W-2 jobs, not for me. I want to go on my own, which a lot of us started a long time ago. Uh, the same thing. So proprietorship is the first way. And then another tax strategy is once you hit a certain threshold, about 40, 50,000 net income, that's when you want to incorporate because any dollar after that, you're going to be paying self-employment taxes. So you could be saving you know, thousands, if not tens of thousands of dollars by switching from a sole proprietor to a corporation. Um, once you incorporate, the key thing is you have to do what's called an S-Corp election. And that's an official form you have to file out with the IRS. And then they accept it. And then they say you're an S-Corp as of this day. The, the biggest misconception I've seen is that people go, oh, I'm incorporated. I'm an S-Corp. And that's wrong. It, you incorporate, you're a C-Corp by default. And then you have to elect to be an S and then, then you can start uh, utilizing and taking advantage of the S Corp benefits at, at that point. So that's the key thing is once you're incorporated, elect to be the S and then you start enjoying the benefits of, of, of being a corporation. So those are really the two key steps. So the first one is W2 with a side hustle. And then the second option is if you just want to go out and do this full time. And then once you, once you get to that level, at the corporate level, then it's a whole, that's when you need, I, I think professionally, my professional opinion is you need an advisor like myself or like Keith, where, where you could, now it's a different ball game. Now it's like, you have to, you have to have uh, corporate minutes, you have to have corporate records, you have to have a lot of stuff. It sounds like it's daunting, but it really isn't. But you need someone on your side to come alongside you and kind of guide you as you're, as you're running your business we're the professionals that, that do the rest of it. So those are kind of the, the, the key things when you either have a side business or have a full-blown business. Right. So everyone, you know, normally, unless they do something ahead of time, would start out as a sole proprietor, which just means that my business money goes through my personal account. But um, there's different things to take into consideration when becoming a, a different type of business, such as protection liability, um, as well as, you know, taxation issues, correct? Yeah. So the other, other part is in terms of being incorporated, one of the first things is you have uh, corporate liability, right? So everything's in the name of the corporation, your checking accounts in the name of the corporation, everything goes through there in the event that you had to close down your corporation, they go through the corporation first not you personally. When you're a sole proprietor, they can come at you uh, liability-wise personally. So that's one of the biggest reasons why people jump from sole prop to corporation for the legal aspect is they come after the corporation that you personally. From a tax, tax uh, uh, perspective, it's, it's going to be 
and more advantageous because you could have like the general uh, I uh, the general example is like a husband and wife mom and pop shop. You you uh, you both on payroll. You have uh, you know different benefits within the corporation. You can write off a lot of stuff without going into too much detail. But that's that's where it's at. And then in terms of, of different types of entities, like let's say you you own real estate, that's another uh, one where an LLC is a better ad, advantageous uh, entity where you put uh, you know business properties in the name of the LLC where that that comes into play. But in terms of if you have a trader business, right? If you're like a doctor, a dentist, a financial advisor, an accountant, a plumber, electrician, those types of jobs, you, you, the S corp is still pound for pound the best taxing option in terms of the liability and, and for tax savings is that's the best one is the S corp. So each one of these entities has its own thing, but I think overall the S corp is the strongest one. Right. So a lot of our listeners probably recognize that when you have a W-2 job, you know, you have money coming out for uh, social <laughs> security and Medicare tax. And what some of uh, our listeners may not even know is that when you're a sole proprietor, uh, you're actually having to pay the portion of social security, Medicare tax that your employer is paying for you. Because when you have a W-2 job, you're actually only paying half. But when you're self-employed, you're actually having to pay 15.3% instead of 7.65. And so when you become a corporation, you can actually make yourself an employee uh, of, of your business. So you can actually have a W-2, even though you're, you know, people with, you'll think of yourself as being self-employed, but you're actually going to be employee of your corporation, which can help you save money on self-employment, social security taxes. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Yeah. So when I mentioned earlier, when you springboard from the sole proprietorship to the corporation, that's in terms of the, the tax savings, that's the biggest one. Like Keith mentioned, 15.3%. So we'll just use the example of the $50,000 net income, right? This is income after expenses. So if you take roughly 15% times 50,000, that's like 7,500. So that in self-employment taxes, you already save that by incorporating. Um, so that's the biggest thing. And for every dollar on top of 50,000, you're saving even more. So in, in, in terms of the tax savings, that's the biggest thing there. And then the corporation handles everything else, right? They, they handle the payroll. Um, also too, one thing to mention too, um, you have to take payroll. That's, that's a requirement of a corporation. And by taking payroll, I mean, literally taking payroll using ADP paychecks, local payroll provider. You can't just write yourself a check from your corporate checking account. That is a no-no. You have to literally run it through payroll, payroll provider, and then pay yourself a reasonable compensation. So that's another strategy you can kind of go into maybe at another time. But that's another thing too, is you have to pay yourself payroll or else you can't take out money from the corporation. Um, so that's another requirement of a corporation. There's a, there's a lot of re requirements for running a corporation, but once you understand the basics, everything else is, it's, it's as easy as just running your business on an everyday basis. But that's, that's another key thing is you have to have corporate records, right? You have to have balance sheet and a profit and loss. And you have to have payroll through a payroll company. So those are the, the, the key things you have to have. And then once you're at that level, you have to have an accountant or a bookkeeper and a tax professional. You're, you're going you're gonna to sink in the water if you don't have those going forward. 
Thank you for visiting with us, Keith and I today, Renee. We appreciate your insights in, into business. Where can our listeners connect with you if they have tax questions? Yeah, you could always uh, visit my website, summitadvisorsoc.com. And uh, you could uh, check out the website. You could uh, you could fill out the contact us page, or you could always uh, send me an email at standaoc.com. I'm pretty good about checking emails on a consistent basis. Tax season, I try to do it uh, 48, 72 hours, but now that it's not tax season, I, I'm pretty good about responding to emails on a daily basis. So you can either go to the website or you can send me an email directly. Excellent. Thank you, Renee, for visiting with us today. Yeah, thank you for having me.